the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Holy mackerel. What a day, what a day, what a day. It's a weird day on Wall Street. Just again, every day you wake up and it's slightly different. You never know what exactly to take and what exactly to look for. Uh, Today's a a bit of an odd one. It's a little bit more of that Greek contagion fears and whether or not Greece is going to spiral out of control. And when they spiral out of control, you're hearing protests. Three people died, for instance, at a protest in Greece. And then today I see a story, and I'll get to this a little bit later, about how the pension funds in Oakland are starting to dry up and how we're not funding them and how that's going to be a big, big, big problem for our firefighters as well as our police officers. And the two do tie together. How does Greece and Oakland tie together? No one vacation in Oakland mistakes it for the Greek island uh, in the Mediterranean. No one would no one would possibly do that. You can't confuse the two. Greece, by the way, great country to vacation. Great country to vacation. Wouldn't want to live there. So there is a tie. And here's the tie. As a nation, as a state, we are seeing other countries promise too much in pensions and not be able to deliver. And then at some point in time, it needs to get bailed out. We don't want that. Yet we see the writing on the wall. We are 5, 10, 15, 20 years from problems in California. Problems that are amount the same type of situation as it is in Greece. Where there's protests that kill people. Where there's protests where people get so angry they, they die. So it's interesting to note the Greek contagion. It's continuing to dominate headlines. And the question is, will they be able to implement enough budget cuts? California, we don't cut budgets. We grow budgets. Yet we still have the same problems. Ten-year yield, if you want to lend money to Greece, is 9.8%. That's insanity. Governments are supposed to be good for it. You've heard the statement, the United States government's never missed a, a payment on our debt. Right? We're supposed to be good for that. Government's supposed to be good for the debt that they borrow. 9.8% is telling you that's anything over 6% is crazy. It is crazy. So we're seeing the countries in Europe all starting to see more costs tied towards borrowing money because we have fears that they can't pay it back. Moody's rating, they are going to rate and they're going to review Portugal. That's not good. Portugal's the next one to hit. So 
the, to borrow money in Portugal, it's about 5.5% for 10 years. Now, again, that doesn't mean a lot to you, but any number over 6% is horrific. It is horror. It is Jason. It is Freddy. It is bad. So on an anecdotal note, I was speaking with someone from Athens regarding currency, and ultimately what he said, it, it's as bad as it appears. It is as bad as it appears. And if you want to go to Greece and have a big honeymoon, this is the year to do it. If you want to go to Greece and have a big vacation, this is the year to do it because they need your money in a bad, bad kind of way. So the euro has tumbled below $1 or 1.29 for the euro at this point in time. Now, this is the first time it's been this low since April 20th, 2009. So the euro is lower. What's that mean to you? It means you can vacation a little bit more in Europe, get more bang for your buck. On top of that, it's as low as it's been since April 20th, 2009. Like, that's not that long ago. But you remember in 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, the dollar got weaker. And as the dollar got weaker, oil got more expensive. So now oil is starting to become weaker. So that's interesting. If you want a, a comparison, what's happening in Greece as far as their bad loans and their bad debt and their inability to pay it back, it's a lot like Lehman Brothers where one crisis can take down another company like Bear Stearns. So Greece can take down another country pretty darn fast. So three dead in a fire in Greece. That's the big headline. Estimated strike of about 100,000 people right now from unions who are complaining that austerity measures imposed to win a European bailout are going to affect the poor the most in Greece. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of headlines on this. Nothing less than the future of Europe, fork in the road, tear gas. These, these are big statements. These are big ideas. In Greek, they, they demonstrated and they chanted, thieves, thieves. This isn't a third world country. This is a legit country. It's, it's got transportation systems. You know, they're not riding donkeys. This is interesting to watch. So oil's a little bit cheaper, and that's going to help the U.S. economy. A couple days ago, Warren Buffett said the U.S. economy looks pretty good. Now, Warren Buffett, he's one of those people that you don't take everything he says for granted, but pretty much so most of everything he says. So the euro getting weaker means oil's going to get weaker, and that should help the United States. Because we, we spend a lot of money on gasoline. We spend a lot of money on oil. The oil uh, disaster in the Gulf of Mexico, it's a huge problem. And you would think that oil would spike on that news. But again, euro versus Gulf of Mexico, weaker euro wins, at least at this point in time. Elsewhere in the world, Australia, they saw an increase in their consumer confidence and blew away expectations on March building approvals. Why do you care? Australia is an important country. They're, they're not as important as, say, China or India or the U.K. or the United States, but they're right up there. They're up there. So their consumers are feeling good. They're building new buildings. They feel that things are okay. So they're spending money. So when confidence is higher, people tend to say, let's throw another shrimp on the bobby and go on vacation. Let's throw another shrimp on the bobby and buy a new house. And, and create jobs. When people buy houses, it creates jobs. I know it doesn't seem like it should, but it does. Whether it's the person that comes to fix your home that you just bought used or the person that builds your home that you just bought new. Whether it's the, the paint from the paint store, salesperson who's an 18-year-old kid mixing his first jar of paint or gallon of paint, 
buying things makes jobs. And that's the, the simple of it. There was some economic data today on oil. And I could bore you with this, and I will bore you with the ideas, but I won't get into the details. You know, when you look at the petroleum data that comes out, and it comes out every week, typically um, in the middle of the week, production is one of the things you look at. How much oil refinery inputs? What what did we produce? What were the refineries operating at? Were they operating at 89.6% or were they at 92%? We still haven't hit refinery levels that were pre-Katrina. That's crazy. I mean, again, that just shows you that our country's not really hitting on every cylinder, especially not in refining. You look at imports inside the oil production data, inside the petroleum data. You look at inventories. Are we building inventories or are we cutting inventories? Um, Cutting inventories, shrinking inventories, maybe that means the economy is working because we're burning through the inventories. If you're building inventories, maybe we're not driving as much in the, 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 the oil and finished gasoline inventories is just sitting there unused. But you also look at demand. So there's four things that you look at. You look at production, imports, inventory, and demand. And again, that's something I will do and I will not share it with you on the show because I think you would become very, very bored with me very, very fast. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about British Petroleum. We're going to talk some stock ideas like true religion. We're going to get to that Oakland pension problem and what's it mean for you. we got some investment ideas out there as well, some coffee investments that you may want to consider, think about, potentially go after. I need you to help this show. It's a call-in show. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800 345 Five six three nine to get your calls on the air. You can always find me at Facebook under the group I Hate Rob Black. I Hate Rob Black. You can drop an email to the show, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. You have to let that rock you want to be able to afford your midlife crisis it's the rob black show on 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk call now 1-800-345-5639 so you use a little Musical cues to tell you what's happening, and clearly we're going to talk a little Californication. Big story out today in the San Francisco Chronicle talking about Oakland. Now, it's easy to bash Oakland. It is. It's not San Francisco. San Francisco's got the reputation of being a snobby city, to say the least. In San Francisco, you don't refer to the city as San Francisco. You say the city. It's not even San Francisco. It's not Cisco. It's not Francisco. It's the city. Now, Oakland voters are going to be asked in November to approve higher taxes to try to have cut in half a $42 million deficit. Now, yesterday I talked about Santa Clara County and the massive deficits 
they're facing. Much bigger than Oakland. But voters, if they agree, ultimately are going to see the city face an even deeper crisis within months. Now, ballooning pension costs are the problem here. Now, I bring this up not because I want to make fun of Oakland. I bring this up not because uh, I want to get political. I, I'm not a big fan of unions when it comes to investing. I am a big fan of unions for any job that requires 24-7, 365 coverage. I am. I, I think that's critically important. I'm not a big fan for unions for machinists. I'm not a big fan for unions for hotel workers. I get where there's massive abuses. I get it. I get it. Blah, 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 blah. But I don't, I'm not a big fan because ultimately what happens is it increases wages and increases promises that ultimately employers have to burden or governments have to burden. So the biggest portion of the budget shortfall in Oakland is a debt payment of $43.9 million. They have to come up with $43.9 million to the police and fire retirement system. Systems that work 24-7, 365. The payment is going to be more than 10% of the roughly $400 million city budget. So the budget's for $400 million. Keep in mind, they're running deficits. So they're spending more than $400 million is the idea. But $43 million has to go to the firefighters and to the police. Pensions. Not their salaries. Their pensions. Their retirements. So the looming crisis has prompted great concern at last week's meeting with two council members. Pat Kernigan and Ignacio de La Fuente, when the council refused to ask staff to prepare a report on the impending budget woes. So, basically, the exchange went like that. If it doesn't happen, you guys are crazy and irresponsible. No one wants to to face these issues. These are tough issues. I don't think voters are going to approve $18.2 million in public safety parcel tax. It would require a two-thirds vote, and I don't think people want more taxes. I think people are freaked out by the word tax. So the Oakland Council is considering placing the parcel tax in a $2.4 million utility user's tax, which would require a majority vote on November's ballot to help reduce the $42 million deficit, which their fiscal year begins in July. So they're going to put a parcel tax of $18.2 million on public safety. It's going to be tied towards real estate. And they're going to put a $2.4 million utility user's tax. I mean, when do we stop getting taxed? And I feel bad because... That's how government thinks they can get their way out of this, is by charging us more money. I feel bad for the firefighters and the policemen because they think their retirement's fully funded. They think I work 30 years in the tough streets, and then I get 30 years retirement and go to Mexico and live fat, live large. I got this guarantee. Uh-uh. I don't think it's going to be as much as you think it is. The cost of benefits to retirees appears to be the biggest issue out there right now in the state of California. We keep hearing stories about this. Oakland was supposed to pay $85.7 million for retiree medical care. So Oakland, $85.7 million for retiree medical care. On a budget that's $400 million, $85 million is going to medical care for retirees. We can't live this way. It's not sustainable to borrow money or to tax people to fix problems of the past. It's not sustainable. Part of the city's problems right now is tax revenue, of course. Sales, hotel, real estate taxes, they've been plummeting. The other is that investments that, you know, undergrid the pension system uh, have lost much of their value. So they invested in the pension system expecting, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten percent returns and they couldn't get them. 
Now, the police and fire retirement system, it's the center of next year's budget woes, is one of the pension funds that is threatening to swamp the city's budget. So this is a big story. This is a huge story. Now, it was created for the police and fire employees hired before July 1976. So this is going way back. There's only one active employee eligible for the system, and 1,194 retirees or spouses receive those benefits. So there's only one active employee from before 1976, and right now almost 1,200 people draw. They're no longer active. They're retired. The plan pays for up to 66.7% of their previous salary. The salaries, however, are not based on pay from the 70s or 80s. Instead, they're based on current pay. Because you couldn't live off what you made back in the 70s, 80s. Or it doesn't change for inflation based on costs. So if you were a captain who worked a graveyard shift, your pension would go up if the salary of a captain working a graveyard shift goes up in today's money. It's a generous pension system. It's known as the PFERS. PFERS. So the police and firefighter employee um, system. So it's locked in stone. It's impossible to change. The recession has bludgeoned the pension's investments. For instance, at one point in time, it lost 38% of its value from July 2007 to uh, July 2009. So the city's woes is crazy, and they keep issuing bonds to try to spin their way out of it. Are you with me? Are you against me on this? Do you see that pensions for retirees, again, Oakland is paying for 1,200 people's retirement, 66% of their salary back then in today's dollars. Does that not sound ludicrous to you? Does that not sound like who did this was smoking some crazy crack cocaine? I mean, this plan mathematically can't work. You can't because one person is still active and still earning their pay. 1,200 have been retired and we're promising them money from for a long period of time. 1,200 people get salaries 66% equal to what police officers make today. Does that not sound like a system that is designed to fail? Now, Oakland's a big city. There's a lot of taxpayers there. But you got to admit, the mathematics just don't add up. In your head, it can't possibly add up. Now, everyone knows I'm a healthy, red-blooded American. And I get angry at times, and pension plans anger me because I don't think they're funded correctly. I don't think they're mathematically set up, and ultimately, most of them are going to need to be bailed out. And most people who think they're going to get X are actually going to get X minus 10, minus 20, and minus 30%. So I get angry, but I'm also a red-blooded, true blue American pie dude. And it turns out the gang over at San Francisco's planning departments, uh, they're looking at more than just zoning codes on their computer. They're looking at porn. So also from the San Francisco Chronicle today, City Hall sources planning director John Reim He's recommended the firing of four higher-ups, including veteran zoning administrator Larry Baudiner, for allegedly receiving and in some cases circulating X-rated photos and videos for years. The material wasn't criminal. You're talking like Debbie Does Dallas stuff and not child porn. But it's incredibly inappropriate for the workplace. That's the other issue that I, I, I throw out there, is getting fired for porn at work. You are, a, you are a lazy person. You deserve to be fired. You deserve to go in the wood shepherd. With that said, I think most people deserve to go in the wood chipper. Some of the uh, people at, at the station that I'm working at right now, I, I walk around and they're on MySpace or they're on uh, PayPal, not on PayPal, but um, uh, what's Facebook, Facebook. Good golly. Why don't I remember that? Oh, did you see there's a big privacy leak on Facebook? You're able to actually see your friends' private instant messages. 
Uh, be careful. I would say be careful what you do at Facebook. I just don't feel it's a mature product yet. Anyway, so four people are being brought up to lose their jobs. And it was more than two dozen staffers that received emails at work containing sexually explicit images and videos and joking comments and stuff like that. Some of it racist, some of it homophobic. But God, if you lose your job because that you you got what you deserved, leave the porn at home. But then again, I think you should leave the Facebook at home. I, I don't have a company right now where I've got employees on the computers, but if I did, I would I would darn make sure that sites are blocked on a regular basis. I know this site, Talk910.com, is blocked from a lot of people, in large part because people stream the radio show from Talk910.com at work, and it, it consumes bandwidth, and employers don't like spending money for you to listen to radio shows. They don't like spending money for you to watch pornography. They don't like to spend money for you on 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 Facebook. Do you see the problem here? Like, I think right now with 10% plus unemployment, 12% plus unemployment in the state of California, leave the pornography at home. I mean, I'm red-blooded like you, and I, I enjoy a good, beautiful woman like you do, but leave the nudity at home. Leave the pornography. Do not lose your job because of this. And I just love it when um, government officials trip up like this because it just goes to show you, this is the society we live in. This is the society we live in. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. You want to talk about porn at work and inappropriate things you see at work. Do you want to talk about Oakland's pension problems? Are, are you with me? Is this a house of cards? Or I mean, isn't this one easy to see? I saw the housing bubble in California I talked about, it and people called me crazy. I, I'm seeing this pension funding, and I'm, I'm throwing the whistles out there now because 10, 15 years from now, me and my sugar booger are going to be in Tahoe retired and, and living large. I think there's a lot of pain for the state of California unless they sober up soon. Do you agree? Disagree? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, i got some stock ideas for you. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. Hopefully today I can get to a really new, cool new phone. I think you're going to really be surprised with the positivity behind this new phone. It's getting great reviews. And it's not an Apple phone. Let's go to Jason in San Francisco, the city. How are you, Jason? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. You agree with me that my, people who live in San Francisco are snobs? Uh, absolutely. So, okay. Anyway, what's up with you today? Hey, I'm calling about the union thing. Not unions, it's pensions. Pensions. But the question is, what do you see, how do you see how it's going to impact California? Like, what would, how would it affect me on the local level? So, I, I do construction. Right. My personal opinion is that California's spending is out of control, and if you look at it in five-year clumps, it's getting worse and worse and worse, and I expect the next five years to get worse and worse and worse as well. I think down the road, there's going to be some painful decisions. Um, if we want to move forward as a, as a country, uh, as a state, we got to stop spending what we don't have. Um, so I think there is going to be some pain involved. Otherwise, you will see people move out of the state, Jason. I mean, I'm at the point now 
that I'm taxed a crazy amount of money just because I live in the state and spend in the state of California to the point that I have regular conversations with people that I love and people that I care about. Like, this is effing crazy. We should move. Yeah. And I, I think people like me who are affluent and make big dollars, you don't want to lose me because I'm paying a big chunk of the, the taxes. Um, people who are making twenty, thirty, forty thousand, they pay almost no taxes in the state of California, other than their income taxes um, and, and money that they spend on um, anything good. So I think down the road, I think the affluent leave the state. Then so. once oh, once people leave the state, in the then just goes downhill from there. But it seems like there's so many jobs here, so many opportunities Absolutely. here that people just stick around. And kind of work through it and try and try and take as much home as they can. Well, Jason, think of it this way. Um, do you have a wife? I do. Okay. Do you, any kids? Three. Okay. When you bought a house, did you buy a house? I did. Okay. What was her number one concern? Schools. School district, right? Yeah. And, and what are we hearing on a regular basis? Teachers getting fired, teachers getting laid off. We're hearing about people like you who are donating money to the school the public school, you're donating your time and your money. At some point in time, it just gets to the point of ridiculous, Jason. So I think California real estate is still in a bubble. I think the high end never came down, and it should. I think it should come down with the mid-end and uh, the, the low end of housing because I just don't think it's sustainable. Um, you know, I live in on a street where every house is well over a million dollars, every single house. And there aren't people who make $400,000 on my street. So it's telling you that there, there's a huge amount of equity in the home, but not a lot of sweat, so to speak. Um, so there wasn't a lot of earnings that went into those homes. So I, st- I still feel that the high end's a, a little bit of a problem. And, and down the road, I, I think it's a state that we see a decline in services or we see an increase in taxes. And I'm about taxed out of the state and myself, Jason. And for you, could you move out of state and still do the show? Oh, I could for sure. Um, and I've even talked about getting a residence in, in Nevada for, you know, half of the year plus one day. And uh, I would, I mean, that that's not crazy. I mean, the amount of money that I would save in taxes of income taxes, um, I could pay for that house for free. You know, I could have a free place to stay and, you know, a free mortgage ultimately. And, you know, be closer to Tahoe, be closer to skiing and be closer to hiking and be closer to nature, so to speak, um, the nature that I want. But I, you know, I'm, I'm not predicting gloom and doom, Jason. I, I think at some point in time, we have to get realistic as a state and, and move forward. Uh, we're spending way too much of our tax money on programs and pensions that are defunct and, and no longer make any sense in any way, shape, or form. Our government officials, I, I don't want to say that they're the, the greedy bastards from, like, Robin Hood, but I think they're the greedy bastards from Robin Hood, and they're taking it all. And I feel, you know, we may have to move into the forest and, and start shooting people with arrows. Let's go to Warren in Roanoke Park. Warren? Yeah, hi, Rob. Hi, Warren. How are you? Okay, I am. Uh, I, I want to know what's wrong with Apple. Is it violating a patent or something? What are you talking about? Well, Apple has gone down about, what, 10 or so points lately? You know Apple like the back of your hand. What's going on there? Hold on. Let me look at the back of my hand. Um... There's nothing in the Constitution that says stocks will always be at a 52-week high, Warren. It's just a little bit of, I mean, there's no news. It's not like they're, like you said, violating a patent or anything. It's just a little pr- bit of profit-taking. 
Oh, it's nothing serious then. Stock hits an all-time high a couple weeks ago, and that's a good thing for people who own shares. Some of them said, I want to buy a place in Tahoe. Some of them probably said, I want to buy a motorcycle. Some of them probably said, you know what? This stock has been so good for since 2009. It's gone from $120 a share all the way to $250, $260, $270 a share. Um, Steve Jobs, you know, back in 2009, came back from the cancer thing, and it's roared since then. So it can't grow forever, Warren. It's not going to go to the clouds. It needs to digest. It's kind of a sprinter's mentality where you can sprint for 100 yards and you got to go on kind of cruise control, cruise control, a little profit taking. And then they got to come up with something big, Warren. We know that they're eventually going to go to Verizon. When that announcement happens, that'll probably be a big mover for the stock. Uh, the new uh, Wi-Fi iPad uh, enabled with data services now instead of just Wi-Fi, that will help. But when you take a look at the company, it ain't cheap right now. It's trading at 21 times this year's earnings, which is it's a premium to the stock market. The stock market's about 15 times earnings, and it's trading about 17 times next year's. Now, the good thing, Warren, is Steve Jobs tends to under-promise and over-deliver. So I think those numbers look a little higher than they, what they typically are. Um, they, their recent quarter was a blowout quarter, their best quarter ever in a non-Christmas quarter. Um, the iPad's selling great. It's being well-developed. Uh, they, they have a very closed system that they feel good about. Um, there is competition out there that, that we have to be aware of. Um, you know, For instance, HP's got a Slate pro, uh, computer coming out to compete with the iPad. Will it catch on? Probably not. Um, Apple's kind of got that karma going for them right now, but nothing wrong with stock. If you expect it to be at a 52-week high, Warren, every single day, there's something wrong with you. And for instance, I look at it as it's now gone from 270 down to uh, 256 is the pause that refreshes or a buying opportunity for people who didn't want to pay full price at 272. It's down 10% from its all-time high. That's not bad. Stocks on a regular, regular, it's normal and healthy to have a 10% pullback, even a 20% pullback. If it's a stock that's doubled, you could maybe see up to a 40% pullback. Um, If it's a company that you feel comfortable, you would use those weaknesses as times to buy, not times to sell. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. I was going to be mean to them because I hate the calls. What's wrong with the stock? Come on. You can't expect a stock to be high, at all-time high all the time. I was going to be mean to him, and then I, I heard his sweet and gentle old person's voice. And he's cuddly and lovable. I love old people. 800-345-5639. We should have a zoo of old people so we can take the kids and just love them. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk coming up. I got some stock ideas for you that I didn't get to this segment. I'll get to next segment, I promise. cars and women are expensive with rob's help you can afford them you're listening to the rob black show on 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk so the stock market's in kind of a bit of a funk right now we're a little bit afraid or furred that greece is going to get out of control and it's going to bring down another country with its need of a bailout Greece is in a third world country. You know, the world's coming to their rescue and giving them $150 billion plus dollars. But in order to get that money, they have to cut pensions. In order to get that money, they have to cut services. It's going to suck to live in the, in the country of Greece for a while. With that said, 
Stock market doesn't like that because we don't like the unknown. I can tell you this. Markets have been on fire since March of 2009. And we need something to stop us from going higher. And that's a good thing and not a bad thing. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not done. I'm not finished. My 401k isn't, doesn't have its final dollar in it. If I was 60, I'd be a little freaked out right now. But I'm not. So I like buying opportunities. And I don't get weirded out by them. Someone's already called in and was weirded out because Apple's gone from 270 to 250. If you bought it at 270, I'd be weirded out. But hopefully you didn't do that. Someone did. I know people have got this unique ability of always buying high. Anyway, there's a company that I like. I don't own it. I don't want to own it. I want to talk a little bit about it, though, because to me it looks cheap, but I said the same exact thing a year ago. So maybe it's maybe that's me. Maybe I'm just sticking with this party a little bit too long. I know a lot of you listeners listen to the show to get investment ideas. I know that. And I do my best to to pull them up for you. Uh, a company that looks like it should move higher from these levels is Electronic Arts. Now, again, you could have got it a couple months ago at 16. Now it's at 20. But 16, if you take a look at a one-year chart, you'll see what a double bottom looks like. A double bottom is not a, a person with a big butt. It's not, you know, two butt cheeks instead of one. A double bottom looks like a debut. And this is a classic-looking double bottom. So, with that said, at one point in time, it looked like it had a double bottom put in at 18. But now you can clearly see the double bottom at 16. What that tells me is, come hell or high water, it's probably going to hold 16. It probably means if you're an investing person, there's probably little risk below 16. Managing risk is, is part of what you do with an investment. There's an analyst out there today calling Electronic Arts a $23 stock. It's currently roughly $19.50. So you're going 19 to 23 that's not sexy enough for me. 15 to 20% upside is sexy enough for me in a market that's extended, and it's been running and partying for 12 straight months. 12 straight plus months. So sometimes you got to lower your expectations in the high tide, wait for the low tide to get back in to get bigger expectations, so to speak. I, I think that's an analogy that works. 800-345-5639. Electronic Arts is going to report its fiscal 2010 results after the close of trading on May 11th. And they've had a string of just awful. They've had a string of awful, awful, awful. It's a company that really fell apart, and it shouldn't have fallen apart. Why did it fall apart? They made some games that were expensive. They missed a couple platforms uh, sales. They they missed the Nintendo Wii for a long period of time. They didn't know that that platform was going to be as successful as it was, so they didn't get in early. And then for some of their video games, they just got really expensive. But this quarter, it looks like they're going to report better than expected earnings. Because of Battlefield Bad Company 2. It's a new video game. Battlefield's one of those games where you can get online and, and squat up and five guys can take over a building and, and capture the flag. And you're talking to your buddy in Texas. You're talking to your buddy in Virginia. You're talking to your buddy in, in Afghanistan. And the five of you work as one. Mass Effect 2 selling really well. A game called Dante's Inferno came out during the quarter. And retail sales should be better than expected. Now, again... It's been such a suck, stink 
awful, weak company for such a long time, three years. If they could start getting back to normalized, Wall Street's going to dig it. Wall Street's going to say the turnaround is starting to turn. Now, Warren Buffett, greatest investor of all time, he said turnarounds seldom turn. It's a good line. But Wall Street wants a good story. We want something to believe in. We want this to be the, the former company that it used to be. Now, keep in mind, we spend more money in our nation on video games than we do at movies. This is a company with a $6.3 billion market cap. It could be bigger. I think it could be an acquisition target, to be quite honest with you. Um, will it get back to its heydays of $60 a share? I don't think so anytime soon. But do I see some upside from the current levels? I do. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Steve in Berkeley. Steve? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Doing well, sir. Well, uh, I just was listening earlier, and you mentioned about you know, maybe thinking of leaving California, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We've, we're giving up on California. Who's we, me and you? Me, my, my wife, and myself, our family, were, uh, and I'm one of those sort of mid-high-income earners, and it, I think the turning point was in 2008, and I look at my taxes, and I go, this is crazy. I mean, this is just nuts. So we're packing it up, and uh, well, we bought a place actually just in Boston recently, and we're moving uh, moving east, getting away from California. Now, Boston's not exactly cheap either. Well, you know, y- you would think that, and people would go, well, you're going to Massachusetts. It's still nothing compared to California. I mean, it's, it's not cheap, but property taxes are cheaper. Yeah. Um, you know, sales taxes are better. Uh, actually, the, the, the prices on property are more reasonable. So uh, it just makes sense, and uh, and especially Berkeley, Berkeley city taxes, and all the other, you know, crud related to Berkeley. It just we're just giving up. It's uh, now you're you're saying that you're really giving up. Is that real, or or are you embellishing a bit? Are you getting a good job? Is your family from Boston? Was well, California it, just an experiment? It, it, it is an experiment. It's it's not the sole reason, but. Uh, it does have something to do. My 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 business is somewhat flexible, so I can I can move around a bit. My wife's you know not so much so, but I'm not even the only one. My brother, who started two companies in California, real smart guy, he's thinking of picking it up and moving it to Nevada because he can't stand it. He's in Southern California. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of levels. Like I know people who you know are earning two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and they're spending five thousand dollars on rent because they don't want to buy. I mean, people are renting places for five thousand a month. What do you What do you do for a living, Steve? May I ask? I'm a, a consultant, a technical consultant. Okay, so you can't really work from anywhere. I can kind of work. Man, I have clients around here and there. You can always fly two hundred fifty dollars round trip. I'm going to fly anyway, so you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I spend most of my time in L.A., so uh, it just it, at some point you go and, and and there's local things like City of Berkeley because I happen to be a consultant, which I guess I'm supposed to get paid more because I'm a consultant. It's three and a half dollars on per thousand on the growth of your company income, and because of the way my company works, uh, I tend to have some pretty high grosses, even though I'm not making millions, but millions may come in. So all of a sudden, I've got like massive city business taxes. I mean, it's everywhere I turn, it's like there's just someone in my pocket. How about Steve, your kids? How many, are you transplanting them? Are you expecting better schools back east? Where are you at with your children? Uh, well, the kids will be gra- graduate. Two, two kids will be graduating from high school, and the third will be going to school back there. And we're actually disappointed with uh, Berkeley schools, so we're kind of glad that uh, one kid will actually be going to school back there, where the school system in Brookline is actually, uh, I think, far better. 
And give me a quick idea of what you make per year. You know, in the, in the two to three, maybe three plus. Two hundred, three hundred, something like that. Two hundred, three hundred. I love that you're like, ah, oh, just two hundred or three hundred. I'm not quite sure. Well, it, it radically changes year by year. Absolutely. So again, I want my sales staff upstairs to hear that we have a listener who makes three hundred thousand dollars a year because that's a key demographic. Um, but so you don't think I'm crazy, Steve? You think people like me and you are starting to scratch our heads and we're just not getting it anymore? Well, I, I know we're not crazy. I mean, I'm just a normal guy, and I look at my taxes and I go, you know, I see fifty percent of the people in the country aren't paying anything and probably the top you know two percent of the earners in the in the u.s. are paying probably basically nothing so you get this feeling at least where i am maybe where you are where we're paying everything that we're paying everything and i take every, i don't cheat on my taxes i'm completely honest i do everything right i take any deduction that's read you know that's correct but still I, i'm paying at the top rates of everything yeah it's just, it's just so ah, so frustrating. And for the record, Steve, the one thing I want to correct you on is I do think everyone pays taxes because everyone pays like Social Security taxes. Well, but, true, true. I'm, talk, the, I'm speaking in terms of income, true. Federal, yeah, okay. But anyway, um, thanks for the call, Steve. I appreciate it. No, no, thank you very much. Wow. That, that caught me a little bit by surprise because, quite honestly, I thought I was kind of going a little bit out on the deep end. I thought I was going a little deep on the ice of... Uh, this is crazy. We can't continue this. And, and reasonable people at some point in time are going to say, you know what, sugar booger, there's good schools in Denver. And on my salary, if you've got a flexible job, you can live like a king. You know, someone who makes $100,000 to $150,000 in the Bay Area is low. They're lower middle class, maybe upper lower class. You make one hundred, one hundred fifty thousand in any other state in the nation and you live in the best city. Or in the best part of the town. I mean, you're a king. You are a king in other parts. And again, I don't like the direction Obama's going with taxes. Um, But with that said, you know, Clinton went on the higher end. Obama's going on the higher end of of taxes. Then you get some Republicans in and they kind of scale things back for a little while. And again, I'm certainly part of the haves. And I'm not part of the have not. So I, I do moan and groan when I see my taxes go higher. But I, I really wildly appreciate Steve throwing in those two cents because I really thought I was out on the deep end of at some point in time, it just ain't worth it. There's mathematically better options. Like, you know, something people my age are doing now is I've worked my butt off. I'm tired. I'm run down. I, I, my whole 20s, I didn't get married. Uh, I, I didn't see an episode of Seinfeld. I worked, you know, from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. I sound like I'm having a mental breakdown right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm really sounding like a breakdown. I want to go back to my college town. I want to go back to Charlottesville. I want to go back to uh, a college town where you, Charlottesville, Virginia, where it's a midsize, where it's a family community, where there's like apple blossom parades, you know, kind of like um, Pacifica has got the whole pumpkin patch thing. It's a very small town feel kind of thing. Uh, I kind of want to go back to that. It's it's. I'm so burned out of the big city. I'm so burned out of the fast-moving job. I'm so big, burned out of California. So a lot of us want to go back to the mid-sized towns. Um, for instance, i got a business partner in the Pacific Northwest that uh, his salary is the same as my salary, and he lives in the in the biggest house. He's got a mansion. He's got a boat. He's got things that I can't afford to, to house and, and babysit in, in, in the Bay Area, so to speak. So um, some of us look around at some point in time and go, this just ain't, ain't, ain't adding up. Let's go to Michael in Petaluma. Michael, how are you? How are you doing? Good. Uh, don't want to pile on, but I am. Um, I'm kind of fixed here 
in the Bay Area for work, but once I retire, I'm out. I've talked to my wife about this for about two years. She thought I was crazy. I sat down with her a couple of months ago, went over all the taxes, and said, here's what we're paying. And she says, you've got to be kidding. So she's ready. we got kids, so we're, we're going to be here for a little bit. But I'm absolutely committed. And, uh, you know, we don't make the income like you do, but we're still up over 100000 Yeah. And it, it's frustrating, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because you know, I called in yesterday, and you, you made some comment about going to uh, Mexico. And I said, now, we save, we save, we save. We do all the things right, just like this other caller. And I feel like we're getting screwed for it. Of which, again, that's another point, is to retire in California, you really have to have $2 million to do what a million dollars would get you in retirement in any other state in the nation as far as health care cost and, and cost goes. So yeah, what, do you do for, what do you do for a living, Michael? I work similarly, but I'm locked into one company. Okay. And, um, you know, with regard to what you're saying with uh, retirement, I'm looking at 2.5 to be able to retire here. And, I, you know, unless things really happen in the market and so on and so forth, what I'm not expecting, you know, that much of an appreciation in the market, not um, talking stock market, not yeah. real estate market. I don't think it's going to happen to be able to live here. Yeah. So, you know, my wife is was very adamant we're not moving until she sat down and looked at the taxes and said, yeah, we're getting killed. Thanks for the call, Michael. You're welcome. Thanks. I, I I feel strangely relieved that I'm not the only cuckoo crazy person out there on the deep end of the ice, and it's not going to break. Uh, California's getting too expensive for most of us. With that said, let's take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we'll do some headline news. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Call in, chime in, jump into the party, 800-345-5639. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 